Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is episode 43 of the Hawthorne Towncast, and it's a great episode. We had a chance to catch up with Hawthorne resident, graduated Hawthorne High School class of 2002, uh, ended up getting involved in the martial arts, and became a uh, national and Pan-American champion. Uh, and now he's residing out in uh, Las Vegas, and I had a chance to meet up with him in Las Vegas. I was out there for work. And uh, he was kind enough to come in and share his story. And it's, it's an unbelievable story. It's very inspiring uh, for any, uh, anybody listening. If you have children or grandchildren that were thinking of getting involved in the martial arts, listen to, listen to Steve's story. It's, uh, it's very inspirational. So uh, I hope you enjoy the episode, everybody. All right, everybody. Uh, this is such a great, great episode. I'm psyched because I'm sitting right now in the Sahara Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. I'm here for a convention, and as it happens, I end up, I end up meeting this guy who came from Hawthorne. He was a 2002 Hawthorne High School graduate, came all the way from Hawthorne out to Vegas, and in between was national champion and Pan American champion. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I, Steve, I can't. Now I want to make sure I call you the right. Is it Steve or Steven? Either one is fine. You don't mind, Steve? No preference. All right, good, because I didn't want you to all of a sudden take it down and subdue me and all that stuff. Well, What'd security, you call me? Security everywhere, Flavio. I think you're safe. <laughs> but here I am. I'm with I'm with Steven, and listen, I know there's a lot of Italians out there. His name is pronounced Stefano Fica, Steven Fica, or just call it say Fica, but it's not Fica. It's not anything else. It's not Fika. It's not Fika. It's not Fika. It's Fika. Yeah, I've had some problems with Flavio growing up too. I bet. I bet. <laughs> so, I, again, thank you. I know. I know you live live a ways away. I really appreciate you coming in, and and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story because, again, you know, growing up as a kid in Hawthorne, coming out to Vegas, becoming national champ, and now he has his own dojo out here, and and it's, it's such an inspiring story. And I want to get right back. Right, I want to get right into. It. So you grew up. You were born and raised in Hawthorne. Right. I was. Uh, I was born in Ridgewood Valley Hospital. I was the first person in my family actually born in the United States. Um, ah, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lived in Patterson for a little bit, um, but as long as I can remember, I that was probably three years old when my dad bought a house on McFarland Ave. So I grew up in Hawthorne. Went to Washington School, Lincoln, Hawthorne High. And shout out to uh, to Tony. I know. I know you're definitely listening to this one. So uh, I told. I told uh, your son about us. Having a couple of Peroni watching the Italians uh, play soccer. Anyways, back to you. Uh, all right, so you grow up. You grow up going through the entire school system. How, how was it for you growing up? I mean, what are your fondest memories, and what are your like not so fondest memories of growing up in Hawthorne? Um, my fondest memories was not being in school. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think every kid would say that. Um, I remember um, I grew up around Washington School. There's a lot of woods. I mean, we looked for any opportunity we could to play outside, to run around in the woods, to get lost out there. Um, you know, when I come back to Hawthorne now, those woods feel so small. But when I was a kid, man, I felt like they were endless. They went on forever. And didn't you feel like like sledding down Gothenburg Park? Didn't you feel like that when you were sledding down Mount Everest? Of course, man. Those hills were gigantic growing up. Um, looking back, though, McFarland still is. When I was training for my fights, my whole thing was I would park at the top of McFarland run to the bottom, sprint up to the top, and do it as many times as I could. I'm winded just saying it. 
<laughs> just hearing you say it. How many times would you be able to you do know, that? You know, Fabio, when I say as many times as I could, I really mean like once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see running down. I, th- I think I think like one and a half. I could go halfway down and run back up, um, you know, at my very best. I'm kind of missing that here. I don't have that same kind of hill, and I'm still kind of looking for one. Yeah, well, so you're that, not too far from the mountains here. Right. I'm, I'm not far at all. Where I live, man, um, it's crazy because... The mountain is basically my backyard. I'm within a mile of, like, three different mountains on either side. And on the other side, if you go 23 minutes, I'm in the center of the strip. So it's pretty crazy how I'm, like, so close to the center of the city, yet I'm also, like, right on the verge of the desert with the mountains in my backyard. And you feel like, that's the thing, is when you're you're out there, you feel like you're separate. You're not a part of the strip. You're not a part of the craziness. Right. You know, there's there's a big misconception that vegas is primarily the strip i mean that's like saying hey you're you're from new york city you must live in times square you know (laughs) Uh, vegas is a great um it's a great city with a lot of outdoor stuff i mean we have skiing just a few minutes from my house on the mountain peaks um it snows probably like eight months out of the year um the desert's crazy there's off-roading there's fishing there's um horseback riding wild horses like it's it's amazing how outdoor this is I have, I have neighbors with horse stables in their backyard on a few acres of property, you know, and that's just as commonplace as knowing somebody who lives on a high rise on the strip. Right, it's right, a really right. really cool dichotomy. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, so you grew up, you grew up as a kid. When, when was there, were you taking martial arts as a kid or, or what were you doing when you were in, in school? You know, it's funny. I never took martial arts as a kid. I watched them a lot on TV. Uh, my mom was like a huge kung fu buff, so was my grandpa. So we were always watching like kung fu. Kung fu, fu was the best show during that time. Oh, it was, it was, and we, we were super into that kind of stuff. Um, and on the other hand, my dad is like a really big baseball, football fan. So like, you know, my whole life I was watching sports. I was trying to do them, um, not very well between me and you. But uh, <laughs> I, I always wanted to be an athlete, you know. So I was always trying different sports, and uh, I didn't really get into combat sports until later in life. So you you always wanted to be an athlete. Like, you had the heart for it. Right. Did you have the body for it? You felt like you had the body for it? Um, absolutely not. Um, I feel like like athletics never came naturally to me. You know, I was always kind of like last pick kind of guy, like never really good at sports. But, but I tried so hard that, like, you know, years down the road, all my hard work and effort saw me as being, like, you know, the second worst person on the team right. kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, but the work ethic that I took – from those experiences really helped me later in life and everything I've done I just it's taught me how hard you have to work to succeed yeah and even even I mean there are certain things that look you, you can give 110% and it's just not for you right 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 did you feel that way when you were doing some of those other sports um eventually I got to that point with a lot of them um I discovered wrestling when I was 10 or 11 and by that point I was just so burnt out and giving 110% and still not really getting anywhere with yeah, it like yeah, right um right. I heard this. I heard this quote later in life. Um, can't remember where I heard it from, but somebody said, um, "Quit as many things as you can in life." And for me, I was always like, "You never want to quit anything." But the truth is, like, if I would have quit things that weren't for me sooner, I might have found what was for me much sooner. Right. Well, and the good thing is that you didn't give up trying. Right. Like, you know, there's a lot of. There's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of kids that they get disheartened you know it's be playing football is the be with the cool kids or playing right. baseball is with the cool kids and then you just try and try and try and it's like you want to give up well you didn't have that for me that was high school um i didn't play any sports in high school i just got to the point where i was so burnt out i started playing football for the hawthorne cubs at five years old and oh, wow i don't remember exactly 
but I can say that I was there five days a week, Monday through Friday, probably three, four hours a day. I mean, it was a part-time job, not to mention the games on the weekend. Seven, eight years of that, I was kind of burnt out, and when I got to high school, I didn't want to do anything, man. Yeah, so that was it. So, yeah. you, so you went through high school. When, what happened in between high school and when you decided to start getting into uh, jiu-jitsu? Or any of the martial arts? Well, that's a good story. Um, I, was, um, I was living in Patterson for a while when I moved out of my parents' house. Um, you know, I was going through college. I was paying my own way. The best I could afford was a really tiny apartment in Patterson. What were you studying in, in college? Um, psychology. I actually have a bachelor's in psychology and an associate's in English. Where'd you go? William Patterson. And, um, you know, at that time in my life, I was, um, I was in a really bad neighborhood. Um, I was just living, trying to get by, trying to pay my bills, and I ended up in some, some pretty crazy situations. Um, the craziest being, I was um, I was a victim of an armed robbery attempt. I said, Someone came up with a gun? Right, right. Someone came up with a gun. I, I said attempt because he didn't actually rob me of anything. But um, when he put the gun in my head, my, my instinct was to fight back. And So he just came out of nowhere and put a gun to your head and said, give me your money. Right, right. That's just like the stuff you see in the movies. Well, before he said, give me your money, he said, give me your dog, right? I had, I had my dog with oh. me, and his, his first thing was he tried to steal my dog, and I said, no way. Oh, well, hell no. Right, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you can take my money. You ain't taking my dog. And next thing I know, man, I mean, I'm, I'm in a gunfight without a gun, and this guy's trying to point it at me, and I'm grabbing the barrel, and I'm hitting him, and I'm like, I'm throwing this guy around, but mind you, he has a gun. At one point, I finally slipped up, and he put it directly to my chest, um, point blank distance, pulled the trigger. Um, bullet went through my chest, missed my liver, lungs, and bladder all by less than an inch. Oh um, God. As verified by the doctor. And the craziest thing is, I didn't realize it. I heard the bang, I just kept fighting. Um, next, Your adrenaline was right, so hot. Right. The adrenaline in that situation was unparalleled, man. I can't believe that I, I didn't feel this. And what happened? So, how did that end? The guy paused, right? And I kept going. I picked him up. I slammed him on the hood of the car. And I'm just hitting this guy. And I'm hitting him. And he puts the gun in my head. And he says, I'm going to pull this trigger. And I laughed at him. And I said, and what's going to happen? Nothing like last time. And he goes, dude, you better look down. And I looked down. And my entire, my shirt was white. Now it's red. I was just covered in blood, man. Like, and it hit me. Like, man, I really did just get shot. And in that moment, I looked at him. And he looked at me. And I smiled. And... The guy, was, uh, the guy was so freaked out, he took off running. He was holding the gun. He took off running with a gun in his hand. And um, <sighs> sure enough, ambulances come, police come. They asked me what happened. They took me to the hospital. I got checked out. I mean, thank God I was fine, man. I was good. I left the hospital within a couple hours. But uh, really, uh, really makes you think about life. You left within a couple hours. I mean, it cleared, just cleared everything. Yeah. went straight through. Yeah. Um, it's a miracle, man. It went in through my ribs in the front went out through my ribs through the back and didn't hit a rib didn't hit bone um didn't hit anything see that's when i look at that i was working out the next day uh, oh my god that's when i look at that it's like okay so god obviously has a plan for you and it wasn't to take a bullet in the heart that night um that's exactly how i looked at it or maybe the plan was to take a bullet so i don't know i looked at it as a situation where it's like okay like something positive is going to come from this what's the positive and the one thing I thought about was like, man, I, I almost just lost my life last night. Like, what things in my life have I always wanted to do that I, I haven't done yet? And I went back to these, these two things that actually ended up becoming intertwined. One, I always wanted to be a martial artist. I grew up watching like 
all these kung fu flicks and Bruce Lee, and, and I wanted to I wanted to be that, you know. And I also wanted to travel the country. And you know, fast forward a year or two down the road, I'm a martial artist. I'm fighting all over the country. Um, this led to me taking six cross country drives um, and just touring the United States for a few years, just fighting everywhere I could, meeting awesome people along the way. Um, Were there other like? How did you know? You know, you're a champion in, in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How did you know? Did you go through some of the other martial arts and try to figure out? Because it's so different than kung fu. I did. Yeah. I did. Um, I just found that it was a lot more natural for me. Um, I tried some of the other martial arts that kind of ended up being like, it was really important to have quick reflexes. Um, it was really important to have kind of like a bag of tools I didn't have. Um, I found that with jiu-jitsu, it kind of just like, it was up my alley. It just and fit right. It, it did. It did. And I mean, that being said, it was still like a good year before I was any good or knew anything. But it just felt more natural to me. And you look at like style versus style type thing. Jiu-Jitsu always seems to conquer over the other martial arts and, and like any kind of match. See, I, I want to bring up a good point because, you know, I, when, when I was a kid, my, my mother put me in, in judo and then jiu-jitsu, and I ended up getting a third-place bronze medal in jiu-jitsu. Oh, nice. And the, okay. thing, the, the biggest thing I took away from that is ichini sanshi go rokushishi hachiku ju. I learned how to count to ten okay. in Japanese. That's, that's what I came away with. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, I don't want to say force their children, but they, they want their children to engage physically. So it's either try out for baseball, try out for softball, try out for football, soccer. And, and even... You know, like e even if if they don't like that, there, there maybe there is something else. It's the same thing with martial arts. Like you could try judo or you could try taekwondo, and it might not feel right. But you're saying that it, when it finally, like you settled in, right? That felt like what was right for you. And the one thing about like uh, the more modern, modern martial arts, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, Muay Thai, MMA, um, the vibe is completely different. Um, you know, I remember seeing like karate, taekwondo, uh, traditional styles. Um, you'd walk in very formal, um, white uniform, um, yes sir, no sir type thing. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is fun, man. I mean, we blast reggae music. Um, we produce tie-dye geese out of my facility. Um, tie-dye geese, really? Uh, I, I wear black. Black and gray are my favorites. I've got people all over the place running around with tie-dye, pink, purple, yellow. My daughter's got what we call a bubblegum gee. It's like blue, yellow, pink. <laughs> well, um, it's, not a, it's, not about, right. it's not about the color of the gee. Right. Uh, my whole thing is... Um, you know, strip away tradition, enjoy yourself. Number one, have fun. Number two, be good at everybody. Number three, learn something, you know, and it, it creates a really, really different kind of vibe. So guys, I want you to check out his website. It's, it's B as in boy, JJ, or as in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Vegas.com. Because I know most of you guys listening are from the East Coast, but I, I also want to reach out to the people that are in Vegas uh, I, I, I love your story, and I want to hear... We're going to keep going on because I want to hear more about it. Um, but, you know, this is... this is, And it's not just for, for kids. It's not just for, for teens, but also for adults, right? I mean, you, you work with... Now that you have your own dojo, uh, what are the ages that you work with? Um, I've taught anywhere from ages 3 to upwards of 70. Um, I believe that jiu-jitsu is for everybody. It can be for everybody. Um, that being said, the kind of person who comes in and just kind of like wants to learn a little bit, get fit, um, probably has a job, other responsibilities, they can definitely take a class. 
Whereas they're not going to be expected to go as hard as somebody who's maybe 20 years old and wants to fight for a living. It's just different speeds, but it's, it's the same martial art. And I feel like under that umbrella, um, we can serve everybody. And even just the protection aspect of it. I mean, if you had known now, if you knew then, when you were, when you were in Patterson that uh-huh. night, if you knew then what you know now, how do you think that would have been different? Well, I think I would have got shot. Um. <laughs> Well, the guy's got a gun, and you're, right. you're bringing your hands to a gunfight. You know, I, I think I would have been a little, I would have been a lot smarter because what happens is um, we train live every day, which means we're full out, all out sparring. Um, we're trying to beat each other in a controlled environment where we can kind of play with our adrenaline levels. And, you know, you get to the point where, okay, there's a guy's arm around my neck. I'm not panicking. I'm thinking. I know that if I grab his hand rather than his wrist, I have better control. I know that if I shift my if I shift my hip to the left versus the right, the leverage I'm going to gain. I can think through bad situations now. And if I was thinking that day, I probably wouldn't have told the guy with the gun pointed at my head to shoot me. Yeah, that yeah, that's <laughs> that's the first lesson. That's rule number one. Right, right. <laughs> Don't tell a guy with the gun to pull the trigger. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They're building blocks to where you are today. Right. right. Well, and, and that's the other part of it is that what you're learning is in a very controlled environment. Um, and, and, you know, kids, teens, adults, you're working at your level. It's not like, you know, I took CrossFit. I took the, with six free CrossFit lessons. You know, you get to go six times and then figure out if you want right. to do it. I, I just about had a heart attack and my body felt like it was falling apart because I got very competitive. So did I. Yeah. Um, that, that's another way that Jiu-Jitsu changed me in my early 20s before martial arts. I would have gone down there and I would have tried to be the best and I would have tried to outlift everybody and impress everybody. And uh, the couple times I did try CrossFit, um, I was there for the workout. And the coaches were trying to convince me to compete and load on more weight. And, and the goal, at least in the place I went to, I haven't been to very many, the goal was always to win class. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to win your class. That means nothing to me. I just want to get in shape and feel better. You know, but in my younger days, I would have thrown too much weight and probably hurt myself. Yeah, and that's why I look at it at my age. Like, I, I would not have a problem going to take classes because just to feel good, to feel right. better. It's not so much about the, the competition anymore. It's right. about using muscles that I probably, for, my body forgot I even had them. Um, with jiu-jitsu, funny you say that. You'll definitely use muscles you never knew existed. I mean, there are some weird movements that the first couple days you're doing it, it's just going to be almost impossible because it's just things that our bodies have never done before. Yeah. But uh, I, I believe that there's different speeds. Like, I started a fundamentals class this year, and um, there's there's no sparring. It's just really, really informational. You're going to come in, and you're going to learn a ton about positions and where your body ends up, how to how to escape, how to pin a person and control them. How to win a fight without hurting somebody. And I have a lot of older guys. A lot of the moms from the kids' class joined, and they're going at their own speed. They're comfortable. They're working hard. And you know what? Sure enough, they've gotten good. Well, and that's the other thing is it's, it's funny you say controlling somebody without hurting them. Because, right. you know, for myself, and I know there's a lot of people out there that y- you don't want to hurt somebody. Right. You know, you don't want them to hurt you, but you don't want to hurt them. Like, you hesitate, you know, and you might not, you might not, you, you might hesitate to your disadvantage. Right. Um, the biggest thing with law enforcement right now is, you know, being able to subdue somebody without hurting them. Oh, yeah. And with jiu-jitsu, I mean, people are going to say the tap out was the biggest thing, the arm bar, the chokes. But I, I, I strongly disagree with that. I feel that the two most important tenets of jiu-jitsu are, one, being able to pin and control somebody without actually hurting them. And two, being able to escape any situation. I mean, my... 
my wife is about 120 pounds and anywhere I put her at 220, um, she can get out, she can escape, she can get back to her feet and get away. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's the most important thing in martial arts, being able really? to protect yourself. So if, 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 if she's pinned under some guy that's 220, uh-huh. she, can, she has no problem getting out. She actually has no problem breaking my leg if it comes to it. <laughs> Just in general? But, um, but that's what she's trained to do. And I have so many other women and small kids like her. I mean, they're trained to know where they're at, know how to escape the person's control, and how to either, one, get back to a neutral position where they can escape, or two, where they can attack. Well, and I feel I feel like you know, and, and I, I too watch a lot of martial art movies. I, I still do every once uh-huh. in a while, and, and I, I feel like what you, what you're teaching, in addition to the moves, in addition to all that stuff, you're teaching a level of confidence, so that people aren't going to panic in a situation. Right. Um, going back to the fight or flight response of adrenaline. You know, I mean, there's going to be times where you're in that situation and your mind's not working the same. Um, I've heard it called condition black where it's like, you know, you kind of go into a panic, you're seeing red, um, the muscles, um, the muscles change, the body leaves the smaller extremities, you maybe can't feel your hands, your fingertips, um, all the blood goes into the muscles that you're going to be using, which is your heart, your lungs, heart starts pumping like crazy, you're in a panic, you don't know what to do. Um, we're trained to, to understand that feeling and to get past it, to work through it and to, and to be ourselves and to be cognizant. I can teach you a move right now, Flavio, and in five minutes, I have no doubt you'll get it perfect. But if somebody comes up to you with a weapon, are you going to be able to execute that move perfectly? Right, right. Yeah, because you could see something. You could watch something on TV and be like, oh, I could do that. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, he has a real knife. And so many times people ask me, like, oh, can you do a women's self-defense seminar? Can you do a teen self-defense class? And I'm like, sure, and I can show you some things. But the goal is is to show you the door and try to get you in the class. Because honestly, to be able to function under pressure it's got to be so deeply ingrained in your muscle memory that you can do it in your sleep yeah yeah that's 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 the key and, and i think a lot of people lose that like they'll go for you know a few sessions and be like oh i, I know enough to do this but right but like you said if, if you don't you've got to get get because you're sparring so much and you're competing you've got to get to that level where it's not the the, the panic is not even a thing anymore it's just Right. Okay, this. I, I know how to do this. Right, it's just I know what to do. That's cool. So, so all right, so here you are. This happens in Patterson, and, and you're starting to take jiu-jitsu classes. When, when did you start competing? Like how long into the process did you so, say, you know what, I, I think I could do this? I started in 2007. Um, I was about a year in. Um, so, yeah, 2008 when I did my first one. Um, and I felt pretty confident. You know, I was one of those people that really got the bug. And I wanted to be there every day. I was training every day, working super hard. I went to my first tournament, I won, um, which is almost unheard of. Almost nobody wins their first one. Now, is it, does it still have, like, the belt color system? Yes, so it goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. And where um, were you at, at your first competition? Uh, first one, I was a white belt. Um, you were a white belt? I was, right. And you competed in your first tournament? So I competed against other white belts. So they break it up by belt. Oh, okay. And the thing about jiu-jitsu is, um, fun fact, is... It's the hardest martial art to receive a belt in. Um, average Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt takes close to 15 years. I've heard, really? I've heard 10, I've heard 12, I've heard 15. I believe it's closest to 15. How long did it take you? Um, it took me 12, and that's with training every single day. You know, I went years without missing a class. Um, 
right before I got to brown belt, so white, blue, purple, brown, black. At my purple, I got stuck. I moved out here to fight, to take it really seriously, to make my whole life just fighting for a couple of years and accomplishing as much as I could. As soon as I moved here, I tore my LCL. I was oh, out. no. I was out for a year. Um, I moved to Vegas, had a couple buddies who moved out with me. We had a year lease. Um, I couldn't fight, oh, and, I, and I had to get a damn job. Wow. <laughs> and uh, at that point, at the end of that year, um, wife was pregnant, baby on the way, um, not really in fighting shape. I had to get a second job, you know. So for about two years, I wasn't training at all. But, I mean, that, that's kind of part of the process, man. Like 12 years every day is almost impossible. Yeah, but you, have, but you had the discipline to get up and do it again. Right. It took me a while, but I missed it. You know, I was, I was working on the strip. I was bouncing. I was working schedules from, like, you know, 9 to 5, but opposite, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. You know, coming home, never seeing my kids, missing holidays, missing Christmas. All right, so now I have to ask the question. Now. So you're bouncing in Vegas, right? And, and for you guys that have been out to Las Vegas, it's it's ridiculous. It's insane what happens after certain hour, like after midnight, oh, yeah. the stuff that goes on. So what was your, like, what was the most bizarre situation you found yourself in? Uh, where you had to use jujitsu? Where I had to use jujitsu? Um, okay. Um, probably the coolest one is I was working in a nightclub called Dre's. I was on... Um, I was working the VIP area. Is that was, Dr. Dre? Uh, no, no, Victor Dre, totally unrelated. Um, I was running the VIP section, checking IDs, and um, it was one of those crazy nights. I want to say Usher was performing. Um, may not have been Usher. I'm not 100% on it. Um, everybody was there. I mean, we're talking about John Bones Jones, Mike Tyson, the Diaz brothers. Um, uh, Floyd Mayweather was there. Zab Judah was there. Tito Ortiz. And... Um, I happen to just kind of walk in in this moment where Mike Tyson is in some dude's face. Um, no. Mike Tyson is in a dude's face. Um, this guy put his phone directly like on Tyson's nose and was like, take a picture with me. And just the rudeness of it. Mike's a super cool guy. Anytime you meet him, that dude is awesome. But this guy kind of crossed the line. And, he, and when Mike kind of flinched and was like, wait, get away from me, the, the guy called him a name. And... All of a sudden, everything stops. And it's like it's like a lion's about to pounce on a human. Mike Tyson talks <laughs> back, um, <clears throat> fakes a punch. Um, I look back. I, I don't want to say his name. It's kind of embarrassing. A, a former UFC heavyweight champion was behind me on his knees, covering his face in fear of just Mike Tyson about to unwind with this hook. No. Um, everything stopped. Um, the amount of celebrities who just stood there with their mouths open, man, it was insane. It was a crazy moment. And I kind of thought, like, man, this is nuts, but it's really cool that I'm here. So, what, did you have to? Did you have to intervene, or that just um, happened? It. Mike walked away. Mike saw the fear over everyone in the room, and he just turned. And I know. Away let like alone the cool. guy that he that he was about right. ready to punch. Right. Holy cow! He could he could have knocked everybody down with just one punch. Right. He could have, man. And I mean, you know, much older guy. Like you saw that fight with uh, Roy Jones last yeah. year. He's he still got it, man. Yes. <laughs> But he's he's short, right? Um, I wouldn't say he's short, but he's not he's not the tallest guy. Um, I've got a few inches on him. I'm six one. Yeah, oh, yeah. What a story. Uh, and did you ever have to use jujitsu when it, when you were bouncing? Like, did you ever have cases like um, that? All the time, man. And um, the biggest thing in all the properties I worked for on the strip. I mean, I've worked for um, SLS, MGM. Um, I worked at the Cromwell, I worked at the Flamingo, I worked at the Cosmopolitan, um, the Wynn. I was everywhere. And the one recurring theme was you're not allowed to hit the guy. So no matter what happens, you're not that allowed to That was the rule. Swing. That's the rule. 
Um, some bosses told me after the third punch he throws at you, you're allowed to uh, strike back. But my whole thing was I have to use jujitsu. I have to be able to use holds and control techniques to subdue this opponent while he's swinging at me. He's not following the rules, right? And uh, man, it made my jujitsu better. That's for sure. It was like training. Right, right. Sometimes we were training. So how was it the first time? Tell me, tell me the story that led up to that first national championship. That you're you're in the ring now, competing. For, for the national title. How was that? What did that feel like? Uh, it was amazing, man. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy thrill. Anytime you can compete, you know, there's a lot of nerves. Um, there's a lot riding on it. Um, I was a college student. I was broke as hell. Um, I was living in Patterson, and I was flying out to L.A. to compete, you know. and um, Like using every penny that you saved up for the last two weeks. Man, every penny that I saved up for the last months, you know. And so many times, like, I, I went out there, and I'd have one match, or I'd, I'd you know, best in the world in a tournament it's not even one match you know so you win four or five fights you don't have a medal yet you know and um all those times i was doing that finally it comes to new york um and i ended up winning in new york which was cool because i was home and it didn't cost me like thousands of dollars just to get there so that was pretty cool and i was able to like go back to my favorite restaurant afterwards and celebrate instead of just kind of being lost in california and trying to find something to do Wow, and then you also how far how how long after that were the Pan American Games? Um, that was actually the Pan Ams. Oh, that was that was yeah. Sorry, I got that crossed up. That was the Pan Ams, and then I ended up winning nationals out here. Actually, I took the day off of work. I was actually supposed to be bouncing in the casino next door, and I ended up uh, taking the day off, coming out here, winning. Um, and that was that was one of the last things I did. That was one of the last events. That's awesome. I mean, how much is after that? There's not much much after that. Um, I mean, you can keep going. I, I ended up, uh, at one point, I was ranked number eight in the world in my division. Um, that was a really long time ago. And listen, let me tell you how cool this guy is, right? So I'm meeting him I'm meeting him in front of the Starbucks that's here in the hotel. And we're going up, and I said, hey, you want to, ah, let's get a cup of coffee. All right. We go order the coffee, and we're waiting for the coffee to come out. And the guy comes out, and he goes, hey, I know you. I've seen you before. And, and you know, all playing all, all shy. Just, ah, yeah, maybe I've been around. I, I used to work here, blah, blah, blah. The guy's like, no, 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 I remember you. You fought. You fought. I saw you on TV. So this guy's, this is the real deal. And listen, if you're, if, you, if you're out here and you're listening in Vegas, go to BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Vegas.com, and take a look at, at his story. Take a look at his dojo. What, what do people find on there? Um, just a bunch of information, uh, the schedule of our classes, what every class entails. Um, you know, classes consist of uh, different skill ranges, beginner, advanced class, or like kids class, adult class. Um, a little bit of a background about me. Um, you're going to find more if you go to our YouTube page, um, Odin's Halls BJJ on YouTube or Odin's Halls BJJ on Instagram. Odin's, see. O-D-E-N? O-D-I-N-S. O-D-I-N-S. Yes. Halls, H-A-L-L-S, BJJ. Um, and on our YouTube, you're going to see a bunch of matches, uh, matches from our competitors. Uh, Instagram is the same thing. Um, you get you get competition footage, but you also get a day to day like um, just updates of like what's going on in the gym, who's doing what. You know, it's pretty cool. So you can check it out for yourselves. Uh, there's nothing I, I believe that there's nothing better for children than than martial arts because the one thing that it teaches you is respect, discipline. Do you find that do you do you like? Do you feel that among the kids? Uh, some days. Some days are better than <laughs> others. You know, um, you know it's, it, it's rough because the more they get down the, the competition rabbit hole, they, um, 
they're there more. They're there every single day. I mean, I have kids who they'll do four o'clock class, five o'clock class, take a six o'clock break because that's when the adults come, and then seven o'clock they have another class. Now, if you're asking a child to stay somewhere for four hours a day, it's gonna get a little crazy, right? And but there's two different ways of looking at it. You can look at it as a martial art where your focal your focal point is discipline, and you can look at it as like, man, I'm trying to go out there and win stuff. And when it, when it becomes a sport to them. It's way more fun, but also you're going to see a lot more like wild kid behavior, you know. Yeah, yeah. And well, plus kids, they need it. And like you said, it, it it gave you the opportunity of turn the country. I mean, name some of the places that you've been to. Right. I mean, I've been, I've been everywhere, man. I've been a Vegas, obviously. Um, we, we fight in Salt Lake City regularly. I'm in Phoenix all the time. Um, I'm in San Diego as much as I can be. Uh, my wife is from LA, so we go to LA a bunch of times a year. Um, I was in Orlando a few months ago. I've been in Miami a bunch of times. Um, my cross-country trips, forget about it, man. I mean, we're talking about, like, Phoenix, Albuquerque, Amarillo, Oklahoma City. Um, it's all over, man. It's so many different opportunities. I have friends all over the country, all over the world. Um, every chance I get to go to an event in another state is a chance to catch up with some old friends. So it's, it's been really cool, man. Last last place on my list right now is New Jersey. It's been so damn long with all the COVID stuff that I really haven't been able to get home and see anybody. And it's kind of crazy that it's been that long. Well, you're going to let us know when you're in town, right? Oh, definitely. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is go to Jimmy G's and I'll give you guys a call. <laughs> and, and also, there's a new place that opened up in Hawthorne for you guys listening that are from town. Uh, there's a new place that opened up in Hawthorne right on Lincoln Avenue. I think it's called Americana jiu-jitsu okay and then i and i mentioned it to you that is that a buddy of yours okay yeah that's my buddy chad's place um over there on lincoln ave uh, we train together we actually got our first stripe on our white belts together which is pretty cool nice and we've uh just kind of kept in touch over the years so so when you come out to jersey when you're going to come to hawthorne maybe we could set up a time and have you come in and maybe we'll get some bunch of kids in there that can learn a little bit more about jiu-jitsu yeah i'd love to my plan is to come back with the team and do do some kind of event whether it's the kids team or the adult team and just kind of like get back out there i haven't seen the jersey competition scene seen in a while and i hope they're ready for some of the stuff we've been working on that's awesome steve thank you so much uh, and, and before we go i just want to bring one more thing up you know we really we really did this because uh mrs z had a great story and and i agree i mean meeting you and, and getting to learn more about you it was was terrific and, and understanding where you came from to get to where you are was a really good story so i really appreciate you sharing that with us you know i really appreciate you having me on it was really cool with miss z to be able to put this whole thing together um, i know and it's hard for me to call her julie or julia right i mean yeah she told me to call her julie and i'm like you've been miss z literally my entire life hey, like, you can't call your teachers by their first name I, ever i've known that woman since i was five years old i'm 37 now so that's just um that's how much history there is yeah it's like it's like it's like a favorite auntie right right <laughs> you know, what a great right. lady so now so those are the people in hawthorne now the people that are listening in vegas I want to encourage them to come down and at least say hi and, and meet you and talk a little bit more right. about about your your style and and uh, and what they can expect from you. But if they did want to sign up, is there something that you can offer them if they come in? You know, is there something you can offer them as an incentive right. to come down and see you? Um, I offer a seven day free trial for anybody who wants to come in and just try us out. Um, I also do one thing a little differently than most places is I don't charge visitors. Um, when I bounce around the country, I stop in a random gym. Maybe I don't know the guy, and I'm going to pay 20 30 bucks just to take a class. Um, I waive that. 
Um, I love living in such an international city where any day of the week, someone from any country in the world may just walk through my doors and we get to exchange recipes. So uh, anybody listening to this, man, come on down. Come check us out. Um, let's work together. Let's learn some stuff. Um, so they could take a free class or they could take seven classes for free. Right. Right. I do a whole free week. Um, you're welcome to train every class every day. Um, How many classes day. do you have a day? Um, I offer about nine classes a day. Nine a day. It's Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, the average place probably is about three or four but i really try to go above and beyond it's that jersey hustle you know i want to make sure that if you want to train i have a class for you my schedule beats everyone in town maybe in the country and you and, were, uh, and you and you were saying how also you are training law enforcement right um a big percentage of my students are uh, law enforcement uh police military um i've got a really good group of federal agents right now i work with some fbi guys regularly um it's cool yeah and, and you brought up a good point it's with everything that's going on with the body cams and you know too much force and being able to subdue someone and just hold them there yeah yeah that's that's great steve thank you so much just for taking the time to drive in uh and and for sitting and sharing your story it was awesome well, Flavio, thanks for uh thanks for flying out i thought i was gonna have to come to uh hawthorne and do the show so yeah well you're gonna have to show, come man the show came to me i could have driven 15 minutes right yeah <laughs> you know what when you come to hawthorne we're gonna have another show there so we'll make sure that okay. uh that we get with your friend chad hopefully we can have him on his own podcast because i like him to talk about you know what he's doing and it's an, it's a brand new location there so uh, is that his first location? Do you know? Uh, as far as I know, I think that's his first location. It's um, it's on Lincoln Ave, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called Ultimo. I, I want to say. Is it? I, I don't remember. I just saw the jujitsu part. Okay. So so shout out to you, Chad, and hopefully we can get you on as well. Definitely. Steve, thanks okay. so much. And uh, listen, guys, if you have any questions, go on the website. Is there a way they can email you, even if they're from Hawthorne? Um, yeah, we're um, we're very receptive. Um, it may go through my uh, my front desk first, but I mean everything ultimately gets to me in time. Um, Call, text, email, uh, bjjvegas.com. Um, the Instagram, I'm, I'm pretty regular on. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So if you guys have questions, even if you're from Hawthorne, you have questions, and, and maybe you can go talk to Chad, but shoot him an email for you locals here in Vegas. Make sure you get to that website. I mean, that is a real generous offer. That's awesome that you were able to offer that. Well, I'm hoping they'll offer something in return. I mean, when I go back to, like, Bagel Express or Tasty's <laughs> or any of my favorite places back home, I'm hoping for the red carpet as well. All right, so shout also, out to Frankie Bagels, too. I want to, um, I can't wait to get back out there and try Pappy's, Pappy's Juice Bar. I actually uh, discovered on your show. Um, I grew up with uh, with G for a long time, man. We knew each other forever, and he always talked about opening up a juice bar in Hawaii. Oh, Bar. Oh, so you know him? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've known that guy forever, and, and I was stumbling across your site. And I saw a juice bar in Hawthorne, and I was like, no way. And I clicked on it, and it was him. I was so excited to see that, you know, somebody I grew up with is doing well and, and living his dream as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to go check that place out. So You're going to love it. The food is outstanding. The juices are tremendous. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Instagram, man. It looks amazing. Yeah. All right, so shout out to you, too, at Pappy's. Uh, thanks so much. And, guys, if you have any questions uh, for Steve, you know, shoot him a, a message on Instagram. Find him on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, and, and if you have any questions for, for us, just send it to the comments at thetowncast.com. And, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Uh, and, and thanks again, Steve. Fabio, thank you, too. All right, guys. Be well. Be well.